Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roberta. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. A couple of royal reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You can subscribe to our podcast and leave us a royal rating of five stars, please. Or send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Roberta, how are you? So much, (laughs) so, so much to cover on this episode. Things happening today as we're recording. Fast edits to our script. (laughs) I know. But first, Rachel, tell me about your weekend. How was it? It was actually really good. I did something that I have never done in New York City before where I went to this garden on the Upper East Side that was a part of a Vanderbilt mansion called the Central Park Conservatory Garden. And I wore a mask, and but it was like stepping into a different world. It wasn't New York anymore. so lovely. Yeah. I don't know how I've never even heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to live near Central Park. So that's, that's wild. Me too. I used to live up on that breeze side. It was just like, I mean, whoever's manicuring the flowers and kind of the landscaping it, it's just the most idyllic little getaway. It felt very British actually. Like a little, like out of a Jane Austen novel or something. Oh, that sounds so, so lovely. How about you? I want to show you a couple of my birthday gifts. My birthday oh was my last gosh, week. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so this is from Dave. This is, <gasps> I'm holding up to the Zoom, a mug Dave. with Harry and Megan under the umbrella. The I just want to give picture. a little slow clap for Dave. Well <laughs> it's done. It's really, I'm so excited <laughs> to use this. And then also my brother and sister-in-law got me the Diana lookalike <gasps> sweatshirt that does says Wait, Fly Atlantic. <laughs> Where did they find so good. this? I'm holding it up to the Zoom. That's why she's freaking out. Wait, okay. I need to get this because, like I said, I've been dabbling in the bike shorts, which she wears with that sweatshirt. I know. And I'm in really the, into the bike shorts. And the high, like, tube socks with the sneak, like, New Balance yes. white sneakers. I'm so excited. Where did they find the sweatshirt? It. So it's from this. It's from Etsy. You can okay. look it up on Etsy. It says Fly Atlantic. And instead of Virgin, it says Diana in cursive on the oh. ladies' little cape. Um, but it's called Kiss Clothing, and it's a UK-based company that oh does gosh. all kinds of wow. fun like well TV done. and movie clothing. I to know. Dave and your friends and family, I mean, I'm so impressed. It was such a wonderful birthday. Wait, but while we're doing a little birthday show and tell, I got a surprise delivery t- yesterday that I opened today that was from you. And I'm a monthly, so no, I feel really bad. You but did it- not need to get me anything. Roberta, for everyone listening, got me a beautiful, beautiful illustration by Amelia Noyes, who I'm hopeful everyone is following on Instagram. Her artistry is incredible. But it's all, the- it actually includes that sweatshirt. It's five illustrations side by side. Yes, of Diana. it does. That's right. Yeah. And it's so high quality. Like I actually am, cannot wait to get to a frame shop. It is beautiful. You did not need to do that. Well, your Zoom background with the Diana poster that I always see, I feel like you need to add this to your collection. Have I'm like just going to have a shrine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Aww. And um, the illustrator, Rachel and I are both big fans. Her handle on Instagram, if you guys don't follow her, is at I-M-N-O-Y-E-S. So her drawings are just 
of fabulous. everything. She does so much royals, but she also like will live illustrate. Rachel and I comment and yeah. fawn over all of it. Like illustrate the <laughs> Emmys and things like that. So anyways. Yes. Celebrities too. Yeah, it's really wonderful. All right. Well, let's talk about the episode, the royals. We have so much coming up first. Big royal baby news on this week's episode. We also got a new Cambridge family pick with Sir David Attenborough and George, Charlotte, and Louis. And the shark tooth, of course. And then Megan and Harry news. So much Megan and Harry news. She was actually just on a virtual summit today, which we will talk about. But we always save time for a cocktail. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Woohoo! <laughs> oh my gosh, cheers, Roberta. So this week we're sipping red wine cheers. from the Jeffrey Zakarian collection on Wine Insiders. So I have a 2019 Finca Los Olmos Selección, a special Malbec. Do you like how I said that? Oh, I, 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 got it I right. love Malbec. I just took a sip. It's really, really good. It's I like a little dry. have it right here. Um, and I actually had two bottles. So I already had one bottle over the weekend. I don't know how I ended up with two of this same one, but I it's so delicious. Well, I opened this one on my birthday, so now I'm, I'm on Thursday. And I can't believe it's still sitting around somehow. Like, I never have leftover wine, but I'm finishing up the last of the bottle now at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So here we go. My cheeks are already <laughs> turning red. It's good because we have a lot to get through. You know so. what we haven't found, Rachel, is um, Tignanello. If anyone has a good brand of Tignanello, because I always look in our local wine store and they never have it. So that's a varietal, right? It's not like right. a... It's like a super Tuscan. Okay. I know. I haven't tried it either. I feel like that needs to be a priority. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Well, that while we're next. sipping, two very buzzy posts that I wanted to, we wanted to touch on in the Royally Obsessed Facebook group. First, this morning, new photos from The Crown. Roberta, what did you think? Did you see them? Oh my gosh. I mean, Jillian Anderson is... I can't wait. Unrecognizable, the transformation, especially from sex That's education. The thing. On I love Netflix. her in sex like, education. Like, same, she blows my so, mind in that so show. Much. So, I really can't wait to see her as Margaret Thatcher. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. So, what was the thread? What so, did the thread say? is all about actually, all the Roros are super pumped obviously. But Linda says that she already has a full day set aside for November 15th when it comes out. (laughs) Well played. Same Linda. But Jillian pitches the idea of a Roro's watch party. What do you think? I feel like even for if it was just like the first episode, how would we pull that off? Could we? That would be so fun. I think we could totally do that if we all download the watch party extension app to our computers. I think you can do it that way. I should like look and then post in the Facebook group. Yeah, I think we should look into it because then we could just... That would be so much fun. It would be really fun. (laughs) I would love that. (laughs) Um, But I also, because, you know, obviously Diana is going to make a huge part of this season. I wanted to mention another. um, One of the Roros mentions a podcast, You're Wrong About, which I just started listening to this morning because they do a whole series. Their new series is about Diana. So I just wanted to soft plug that here and the photos of emma corin as diana are super it's like so crazy to me how much the hair they nailed the hair like it looks so good it's fitting image and olivia coleman in full military uniform just oh it makes they me like so drop the little like right when we need it we're I like know. we need a little pick me up yes. <laughs> thank you to netflix yes. um but then one other thread i just wanted to call out is a lot of chatter about Robert Lacey's new Battle of the Brothers, which comes out October 15th. Rachel S. brings up the fact that she's already pre-ordered. A lot of Roros have. And this book is set to offer the inside story of William and Harry's feud and additional details that we didn't hear about 
in finding freedom, whatever, you know, the background of finding freedom, which we all know. Yeah, more sources or something. Is that right? Yeah, more sources. Um, also a pretty big revelation that the brothers only reconnected when Charles got COVID. Like they actually weren't on speaking terms, according to Vanity Fair, was is one of the revelations in the book. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I, a lot of buzz. And now that this is coming out after Finding Freedom and we're learning more about the things about Finding Freedom that are factual and some of the things that Megan's lawyers have had to deny on her behalf about the book. It'll be interesting to see how Battle of the Brothers by Robert Lacey kind of ends up. Like what mm-hmm. is what is the current situation? That's what I really am curious to know totally. because we get these little like tidbits of like, oh, they're talking to each other on each other's birthdays or they privately said, you know, whatever, congratulations. But like it's I, I just want to know is that I know we, we might true, never what's know false. But, and, and I should yeah. mention that Robert Lacey I don't think I said this at the beginning but he's the historian for the crown so a couple a little you know crown connection mm, between these connection two there yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, two great row row threads love to see it so diving right into this week in royal history and now this week in royal history It has been four years since the Cambridge's tour of Canada with George and Charlotte. And researching for this segment, what truly brought me so much joy, I can't even tell you, Rachel. But let me break it down first. So a little bit of background. So the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge visited British Columbia and the Yukon between September 24th and October 1st in 2016. George accompanied them. He was three years old and Charlotte was one. It was their second official tour of Canada. Uh, Kate and William went in 2011 shortly after their wedding. And it was their first tour as a married couple. Uh, the one in 2011. So when they left, they reportedly promised that they'd be back. And five years later, they kept their word. It was George's second ever royal tour at age three. It was his second. I can't believe it. I can't believe that either. The most well-traveled kid of all time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, His first was when he was just nine months old to New Zealand. And it was Charlotte's first royal tour. They were accompanied by an entourage of 12 and a team of four press officers, among them Jason Nauf, who was William and Catherine's then private secretary, Miguel Head, Rebecca Deacon, a tour secretary and operations manager, and the Duchess's hairdresser, Amanda Cook Tucker, a personal stylist, Natasha Archer, who now is married to Chris Jackson, royal photographer, who was also in Canada. Did the romance start there? We may well, never know. But fun minor detour. It's worth Googling because there are a lot of um, stories about their wedding online and a lot of cool pictures. I just feel of like Natasha I needed, and Chris of Natasha Jackson's and Chris Jackson's wedding because I needed to like kind of see the the timeline when we were talking about this. Anyways, yes, especially because Kate's personal stylist and then their 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 royal photographer. Like yeah. they were always together on these tours. I mean, probably hanging out at bars after the royals retired and whatever. So who knows? But I just love that fact. Um, also, the nanny George and Charles nanny Maria was there. And there were 30 separate appearances in eight days. Oh Wild. Gosh. I don't know how they so did it. Yeah. They, they the really kids. squeezed in so much. Yeah, with the kids. Uh, the highlights included that famous tea party for military families where the kids played with balloons. They rode mini horses. Prince George squishing his nose against the window of a seaplane. That was adorable. George looking at bubbles at the party. Charlotte saying her first word, pop, while hugging that tower of balloons. <laughs> the videos of her and the balloons are unbelievable. Amazing. They're the cutest. Um, but I also wanted to call out Kate Middleton's style evolution. So she's wearing like so many low-rise jeans, 
like cowboy boots a couple times. It's very interesting to see how her style has changed over the years. I know. I I also just love all the fit and flare coats and dresses. Like there were a lot of them on that tour and it's still kind of key to her sort of brand, but she's really branched out and kind of gone a little bit more like midi length or long dresses and long sleeves. And I think that was a different era for her fashion wise. Totally. I think she has experimented more and I think we're going to see even more of that and, you know, pulling out more trendier pieces. But she did bring back her Dolce & Gabbana green dress that she wore on this tour. She rewore it to Wimbledon. I think it was last year. Wimbledon 2019, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, recent. The dark green emerald one. Yeah. And just, I mean gorgeous dress love that one so much yeah this was a favorite tour for me for sure yeah yeah totally and how much has changed that we have Megan barely in the picture at this point this was a month after Harry and Megan's third date to Botswana um but we didn't know about their relationship yet right right It, it was still secret so it's pretty wild. I mean, they met that July I think it was or June of Crazy. 2016 so she wasn't even you know in the public eye at this point Barely. Also, George is now so grown up in the new pictures of the kids with Sir David Attenborough. I thought that was it's he looks a lot like Louis in the Canada tour pics. I thought, yeah, they changed um, so much, too. It's crazy that that was only a handful of years ago, but he's like a real person now. Yeah. And to bridge that connection to Louis is wearing a sweater that George wore in Canada on that tour. So Kate does a lot of down fashion. So well. <laughs> a lot of throwbacks. You know what made me think, though, too, is like. On the anniversary of the Canada tour, she dressed Louis in the same sweater. Like, is that all just thought yeah, out? Is you know there like I mean? a big the- like grid of like, right. like okay, <laughs> like whoever's styling them all? Is it like hey, like we'll a make bulletin board with like and everyone will freak? Yeah, like <laughs> I'm picturing like pin- like pins with threads coming through them, and they're like <laughs> they're like 2016 Canada tour. Okay, let's put Louis in the sweater that George wore that same exact. Like just and then I hope wild. there's like a big it's high five the when the press picks it up. Like yeah, we did it. Nailed it. <laughs> Their team is like yes. Nailed it. So oh, good. I love it. Oh also, gosh. the coordination of their outfits on this tour. This this was the first real time that we had seen them all dress in coordinating outfits as a family of four coming off that plane in shades of blue. And they did the same for the, the Sir David pictures. So I just thought that was really lovely. A yeah, sweet throwback. So well done. I, I feel like bowing down with kids, yeah. how you pull that off. Anyways, lots of news to get into. I just... This was the bright spot of my week. I was kind of like buzzing, but Princess Eugenie is pregnant. That baby news. It was, I don't know. It was just such a, such a great announcement to get last week. I think a lot of, yeah, I I feel like a lot of us were expecting it or something, you know, maybe Beatrice. And so I think it wasn't as shocking, but it's so exciting that it's so soon, early 2021. I know, but I think that's exactly how I feel is it was like, I'm calling it ye old royal bait and switch because we kept getting a lot of buzz around (laughs) B, you know, shopping at the white company coming out, like, which is a, or the little white company, which is the baby version of the brand. And I think Mm -hmm. that you know, I really expected any news to be tied to her, but then it was like, no, Eugenie's pregnant. And, uh, you know, I loved the announcement. It came via Instagram and from Eugenie and it featured two photos, an artistic shot of Eugenie holding a pair of bear shaped baby slippers, which are still available. 10 bucks at John Lewis. I want those like for myself, (laughs) (laughs) maybe for my niece. They're so cute and such a a sweet idea. And then there was also a shot of the parents to be Jack and Eugenie actually beaming um, and she's wearing a me and M forest green dress which I don't think is maternity uh, but the caption said Jack and I are so excited for early 2021 and there was a baby emoji 
I love the subtle. I mean, it's hard to pull off a well-done baby announcement, but I feel like they did it in a very artistic and genuine way. Yeah, it makes me think back to the Sussexes baby announcement where I think it was, I guess it was the start of their Australia Royal Tour. Yes, yes. So there wasn't really, I don't know. Post, right? Yeah, I don't think so. Now that I'm trying to think back to like Sussex Royal Post, I remember the It's a Boy one when she had Archie. Yes. And it was that font that they Mm -hmm. kind of like had always used in their signature branding and all of that. Um, And then the picture of Archie's feet, which was really sweet. Yeah. Um, It's very hard to do it well because it can be really cheesy, but I liked this one. Um, But also, you know, Jack and Eugenie are celebrating their two-year wedding anniversary on October 12th. They've been together, though, already for 10 years, as we know. But uh, this baby, who we don't know the sex of, will be the ninth great-grandchild for the queen and the 11th 11th in line to the throne. So just a little context. Ninth great-grandchild. Yeah, but the rest of the family did ring in with their support. Buckingham Palace had an official confirmation of the news, but also a super sweet pic of Jack and Eugenie on their wedding day, which I totally, I just think, I mean, that was also just such a fairy tale occasion as all royal weddings are. I thought it was interesting, though. They didn't avoid, you know, mentioning Prince Andrew. They definitely yeah, mentioned they him, him in the post, um, but it's still unclear, like, what part he'll play in all of this. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's going to be posting to his account or saying anything about the baby news publicly. It's yeah, just like he's kind of just in the background. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Makes Ugh. sense. Uh, but know. Fergie, on the other hand, was over the moon with excitement, uh, <laughs> as she, we should expect. Yeah. Her, um, She shared, I am so excited by the news that Eugenie and Jack are expecting their first child. Thrilled for them both and in my 60th year, cannot wait to be a grandmother. Welcoming a new baby into the York family is going to be a moment of profound joy. And she also, I guess, on her her YouTube channel where she reads children's book, specifically read a book that was like an ode to the grannies. <laughs> oh, so, that's yeah, sweet. On that's Friday, really, which really I thought was sweet. kind of a nice little play. And she was like, we're the best, that kind of vibe. Um, <laughs> she's yeah. going to be the best grandmother. I yeah. feel like she's just going to spoil totally this agree. child rotten. Yeah, but I did feel like hearing sort of the age reference there, I don't know why my brain went here, but like I just, it kind of just, because Fergie and Diana were so, so close, it just made me think about how much Diana has missed out on, you know, because it's like she now has how many grandchildren and she hasn't been around. And I just feel like for Fergie to be welcoming the first for her, it's just such a big moment. And yeah, it just made me a little like a little sad, but that's and happy Fergie sad and, for her. Fergie, yeah, course, Fergie yeah. and Diana were close in age too, right? Yeah, so. Diana would have been 59 this year. So really wow. right at like in sync with that sort of, I don't know, her joy would have been immeasurable. Right. I think when the royal family announces big things like this, it's a reminder to what, you know, how young she was when mm-hmm. she passed. And I think that's just so you know obvious now too with this announcement but the Sussexes also privately congratulated the pair yeah Uh, and we knew from Finding Freedom you know that Eugenie and Harry were super super close that she and Jack were one of the first two of the first people to know about the relationship with Megan and to kind of welcome them in and go on double dates and all Mm -hmm. that they were at the Halloween party with them when the news went public about their relationship so I think you know, hopefully that bond is still there. They grew up so close as cousins with Fergie and Diana being, um, you know, as you mentioned, good friends. So Yeah. yeah. And they can't do it publicly because they don't have an Instagram account. <laughs> still I'm waiting. like <laughs> waiting on pins and needles to see it because I feel like it's now being brought up so much even to, in today's news from Fortune magazine. 
uh, about the Archwell Foundation. So, which we will get to. Do not worry. I know you're on the edge of your I seat, do really but... like also because, you know, Jack and Eugenie are now at Ivy Cottage, which is on the grounds of Kensington Palace. So I feel like, you know, the Cambridges are going to be super close and they're going to have, you know, just a lot of family support as they welcome this new baby in the early early months we don't I just like when is when is the baby coming but it's very general early 2021 so yeah I'm wondering if that's January February what will the world look like 2021 is already looking so bright (sighs) to me I'm like let's turn the corner (laughs) and leave 2020 behind (laughs) very true and about the title for the baby though do we know if they're going to give uh their baby any sort of title HRH so it kind of seems like no that they're not that they've declined uh the queen offered Jack a title when they got married and he said no then so I kind of feel like that trend is going to continue with the baby I mean the queen could override it they could change their mind but what do you think I mean princess Anne declined for um Zara and Mike Tyndall Peter Peter (laughs) right (laughs) why was that so hard why am I saying that Um, I just blinked, but yeah. So I, I mean, I think you know, and and uh, Archie is just master Archie. I think the trend now is to kind of be able to give these kids some privacy and have them not have a title is what it seems like. Because then, wouldn't the I think the christening wouldn't be as public. They wouldn't have to disclose as much information. There's all yeah. sorts of it allows little them. like protocols exactly. That, that they, they don't have to, you know, kind of adhere to when there's no title. Yeah, it definitely allows them a lot more privacy. But I'm curious, like, do you think we'll see them outside, like, the Lindo wing? Is that going to go down or will it be similar where we to, you know, kind of more private? Like, when they're not senior royals, will it be that they're, we're getting photos a few days later or even just the announcement? It's all just so different because of COVID now, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think adding that in, it's like do we really want a press pack of photographers yeah, squeezed totally in, right. in front of the hospital? Like maybe it's one no, photographer it's not and maybe for the baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I wonder if it's just how, you know, kind of how the Sussexes did. It's just a photo when they want to release them or a few, you know, people from the Royal Rota, whatever it is. But I don't think there's going to be Agreed. a Lindo wing. It doesn't seem like Eugenie is that type of person. I know. Anyway. She's so low key. I love yeah, that. Yeah, super lucky. <laughs> I also can't wait for the maternity style. I was just going to add that one thing. Like, I hope we oh get a gosh. lot of that. But anyways, moving Same. on. Yeah, so moving on, we have a new uh, family photo of the Cambridges, which I just mentioned a little bit ago. But just a couple of weeks after those paparazzi photos of Kate and Louie that, you know, you pointed out, this is why they try to release their own photos so that the paparazzi don't hound them for photos of their kids. The Cambridges released their own family photos with Sir David Attenborough, who's 94 Amazing. Looks incredible, too. Yeah. He came to Kensington Palace and the kids met him outside in the garden after school on September 24th. And he presented Prince George with probably the best gift you could possibly get a seven-year-old. And that was a fossilized tooth of a giant shark that he excavated himself during a family holiday in Malta in the late 1960s. And it's thought, well, the I guess the shark that it came from is... 23 million years old so this is like and it was massive it's the size of George's hand basically I mean I personally um, would flip for that gift so I mean I'm not a seven-year-old but I feel like wait but the craziest part is that Malta the country is asking for the tooth back which is which is insane of, but did you see they reversed that they actually no then said, so this morning they said that that was actually an unnecessary controversy that they were stirring up and they regretted it the prime minister came out with a statement against 
the the other representative that wanted the tooth back. So yeah, it was the minister of culture. Was the guy who was saying that they wanted yeah. it back. So they reversed it's like, it. Who takes, they don't want it back. Who takes a gift away from a seven year old. There was a lot of criticism of them asking for it back, and so that was why they released another statement, not wanting it back. But they, apparently, that same tooth is available for like forty bucks on eBay. What? Yeah, there's a lot of gotta gotta read about it, guys. <laughs> Wild. I mean, I, I feel like you can understand the country wanting this like priceless artifact back, but not if it's forty dollars on eBay. I yeah, mean, there was a, there's a, bit, a lot of controversy yeah. around that too. <laughs> that could be a whole episode in itself. Um, but so Sir David Attenborough was there because they were screening a his new film, A Life on Our Planet, which is out October first on Netflix. Prince William and Sir David sat in the garden under blankets to protect them from the chilly autumn weather. They were in directors' chairs that had their names on the back, but they swapped chairs, and I guess according to you know sources online and instagram that that's what actors do because they want it and directors because they want good luck it's like yeah, one I think of those it's like bad luck to sit in leg. the chair with your name on it it's what i read so i'm not in that biz so i don't know but it makes yeah. sense to me <laughs> But fill us in if you guys are thespians, because we'd love to know. Um, but I love that the Cambridge is coordinated in shades of blue. Like we mentioned, Kate was wearing a sustainable dress. It's repurposed denim midi dress from Gabriella Hurst, which is a Meghan Markle favorite brand. Uh, she also wore Emmy London navy block heels. And, you know, sustainability, this climate change documentary, I think that was really smart on her part um also who knows if it's a shout out to Meghan Markle one of her favorite brands well I love that hopefully um and then we mentioned Louis rewore his older brother George's sweater that he wore in Canada at the tea party Charlotte wore a Zara dress with a Peter Pan collar and bright blue slip-on shoes so the coordination was master level and did you see there was like a little elephant embroidered on George's shirt Oh, I didn't see that. With like a little no. pocket. I saw a couple of people like zoomed in on it. It was just like a tiny, I don't know if they had it added or if that was how the shirt came or. Is it Banana Republic? Is I don't know the where the, I, I don't know where the shirt was from. They had like some of the shopping guides had similar options, but I definitely, mm. I love the little tiny detail. Cute. That is really sweet for this documentary. And also there's another documentary uh, titled Prince William, A Planet for Us All. And the kids are massive fans of Sir David Attenborough. Uh, Kate revealed that in that upcoming documentary, which will be on ITV. And she also said during their first official video call, if you'll remember, that was back when quarantine first started, that George is a huge fan of him and has been watching Blue Planet and nature documentaries. So he might be Kate's favorite celeb as well. Um, I, I thought so that fun. they're... I know, and their fangirling moment when he walked out, all the kids look so excited. Charlotte's reaction, like, though, Charlotte is like arms out, like come to me. Yeah, <laughs> I loved her reaction the most. <laughs> it's so cute, and then Louis seems like a little bit like not looking at like distracted. <laughs> so where? Are but we? that's okay because yeah, because yeah. uh, he's two. Charlotte's five, um, but George is absolutely over the moon about the tooth. Yeah, he's just like, that's all I care about right now. <laughs> yeah, Malta, sorry, but you're not getting that back. It doesn't, yeah. seem. it doesn't seem like it. And we also saw Kate today in an appearance in Northwest London. She did some socially distant activities with the Cub and Beaver Scouts. Reminder, she was a brownie when she was growing up. So it's a cause very near and dear to her heart. And she wore her striped scout scarf. She wore a vest with pockets by Really Wild. 
which I really wanted. <laughs> and uh, I looked up and it retails for over $500. So that's going to be a no for me. <laughs> but it's all, it's a really great little vest. Um, and it's another brand focused on sustainability. So it seems she's pushing that a lot more with her clothing choices, which is great. Um, Massimo Duty skinny jeans and her Sea by Chloe lace-up boots that she wore last year. Um, and so now she's been made joint president of the Scouts Association, along with Prince Edward, Duke of Kent. He's been president since 1975. And the queen is patron the sweetest moments though were when kate was at interacting with the kids as always she's so so good with kids every event she does um but i loved when she was roasting marshmallows with them um and she asked them as she sat down on tree stumps around a fire pit are you guys having fun how many marshmallows have you eaten one of them replied one she said oh my goodness that's so controlled of you is that because there's only one in your bag <laughs> Roberta, that's amazing. I, uh, she has a good sense of humor, and I think she we like rarely does. get to actually hear it. I, I tried looking up videos to get some sound bites on the pod, and it was hard to hear any of the sound. There's so many good pictures of her laughing with the kids, though, and making these like little. Um, I think they're called whirly dings or whirly. Well, something. that's what I was going to say. I feel like um, we, even though it wasn't great enough quality for the podcast, I felt like she really, we got to hear a little bit of more snippets than usual of her conversation. Like she's talking about how to make slime and things like that. Um, I just thought, I mean, she really makes such an effort to get on the level with these kids. And they're kind of, I thought what was humorous was that the kids are really taking it, running away with the conversation. Like she's oh, yeah. just trying no, to get a not, word in and they have a lot of stories to tell. And she's really not keeping faced up. at all yeah. that she's the Duchess of Cambridge. <laughs> not know. at all. They just had so much fun with her. I think that they really, you know, when you're a kid and I don't think you have like this kind of starstruck mentality that I would probably have around her and like clam up. I don't know. Maybe yeah. some of them do, but they seem just so like it, it makes it so fun for her, I think. I know. I know. And I, I just love her kind of dress down vibe. And I did notice she arrived wearing a mask. They were there was actually pretty good social distancing. And the marshmallow moment, did you see that everything was individually bagged? Like when she sat down, mm -hmm. it was yeah, very yeah. I thought that was kind of cool to see that there was a lot of yeah. effort. So they weren't reaching into the same bag. There was a lot of criticism though about the David Atten stuff because he is 94 and because the kids are around i think yeah. you know we've been hearing reports that the uk in particular in europe is you know entering a second wave of coronavirus cases so that's kind of yeah. what people were focused on too is like yes they're outside and i just looked up the laws in england say it's it's mandatory and in inside public spaces so not outside mm -hmm. but still just kind of crazy that they wouldn't have masks on around someone you know it doesn't make for a good picture obviously but someone is well known as you know a naturalist david attenborough i would think that they'd take more precautions maybe, maybe they, they did before. maybe they got yeah. all got tested maybe that's what they do for those types of really high profile things i feel like that's becoming more common but yeah covid cases in london we were just looking up is are really really high again so it's unnerving to see. I'm I'm wondering if that'll, you know, slow down any of their future engagements just because they have really hit the ground running this fall. And I, I with yeah. cases spiking again there, it'll be interesting to see how they if they go back to video calls, if they More kind of do a hybrid. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I know. I know. But uh, moving on, a few Sussex updates. We've got um, a handful here, but uh, we'll go quickly. Fallout from Prince Harry's voting call during the Time 100 special. The Buckingham Palace actually had to release a statement um, that the Duke is not a working member of the royal family. Family and any comments he makes are made in a personal capacity. This was about sort of his revelation that he is 
has never been able to vote in his life, which makes sense because obviously the monarchy and parliament work together. It would be kind of a weird thing to be voting on that. But, you know, I feel like it was he got so much flack for it being sort of a faux pas and how dare he kind of make those comments. But the the thing for me is voting is like basically pushing people to vote and making that call to action is completely nonpartisan. So people need to cool it. I think it was interesting, too, that like most a majority of his comments in the Time 100, you know, speech that they gave were mainly centered around harassment and hate speech online. Yeah. And it was only a very brief moment of um, like he's him saying, as we approach this November, it's vital. We reject hate speech, misinformation, um, you know, what we consume as an effect of all of us. And then talking about how he was never able to vote in the UK and he's not able to vote here. But neither of them endorsed any particular candidate. It was all very. I don't know. It seemed very kosher to me. So it's weird that people are up in arms about that and that Beckingham even had felt the need to say anything. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Anyways, uh, also a great sort of moment last week, Megan's surprise appearance to recognize Archie Williams on America's Got Talent. Uh, So I hadn't totally been following Archie Williams' story. And I really want to take a moment just to shout out to him because A, his voice is incredible. If anyone hasn't isn't watching the show, please go back, Google, YouTube, watch all of his songs. But the backstory on Archie is that he was wrongfully convicted of aggravated rape and attempted murder when he was 22 in Louisiana. Then he was incarcerated for 36 years until the Innocence Project helped exonerate him. And it was through DNA. So, I mean, it's just an actually an absolute heartbreaking story. Um, But for the finale, Megan voiced her support. So we're going to play a quick clip from that. Hi, Archie. I just wanted to let you know that we've been so moved by your story and we have been cheering you on every week. And it's not just because we're partial to the name. So a very special message to you um, that I will probably be saying all of my life, but on this night, it is specifically for you. Archie, we are proud of you and we are rooting for you and we can't wait to see what you do. We're in your corner. Have a good night. Loved that. I, I mean, kind of a surprise, right? Yeah, such a surprise, especially one day after the Time 100 where I did not think we would see them again. And here she is sitting in their living room or sitting room or whatever that was. Um, Such a posh setup, too. I loved all the backdrop that we got via that new clip. I know. And I kind of feel like they're everywhere right now. Like they're popping up in all these places. And it's kind of like taking me off guard a lot. We have so much to talk about always on this podcast. But just like in recent weeks, the Sussexes have been everywhere. It's I know. Really I wild. totally agree. I think that particular appearance really surprised me because A, I was like, are they huge fans of America's Got Talent? Is that like where this <laughs> came from? Or but also, I mean, it really shows the breadth of what they're now able to do. Right? Yeah. I mean, they can Which do is just time hop on a reality show. Yeah. They, they can pivot. They don't have to go through any royal rigmarole. They can just pick and choose and Harry can be there or Harry and Meghan or you know, Harry. It's just just Harry, I should say. <laughs> um, I was also kind of taken aback by how intrusive not intrusive that's the wrong word but kind of just like how like much of a view inside their home we got and like all of their coffee table books and everything it felt like a lot of times they've been outside and it's been hard to detail anything about the home it's it wasn't you know it was confirmed that it wasn't in the backyard of their own home and all these things but this is like very it's like fulfilling my most voyeuristic like needs and desires to like see inside their house well and they know um, that but I too just love right i mean that's yeah. why it's so staged and not staged but it's like they're yeah you know, i'm sure those coffee table books which we should mention are completely you know selected specifically for 
you know, attention. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. But mm-hmm. on there, you know, they had the credenza with uh, the Black Godfather, the Clarence Avant story, another book, Women National Geographic Image Collection, and then A Photographer's Life by Annie Leibovitz. That's just naming a few. You know, they had the Diptyque candles from that was the brand they used uh, as their diffusers at their yeah. wedding and yeah. reception. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beautiful hydrangeas. I don't know. But Megan looked phenomenal, by the way. Oh, she looked so great. And I love when she does a, you know, hair up messy bun moment. That'll always oh, be a whole near and dear to my heart. The lighting was great. I just loved yeah. it. Yeah. That kind of brings us, though, to the, our next point about, you know, this voyeuristic look into their lives is what everyone really wants. And I think they do know that. But yes. rumors of a reality TV show are off base and have been completely, I guess, denied and not yeah. that's not happening. No, it's not. That was rumored to be part of their Netflix deal. Um I'm not quite sure who where that rumor started, um, but it included there was it said that there would be a fly on the wall series about their lives, and that they they don't always release statements, but this got a firm hard no that that is not happening. The statement said the couple already has several projects in development, including an innovative nature doc series and an animated series that celebrates inspiring women, but we are not disclosing any of the programming slate at this time. So. We did get a couple of additional details about upcoming content, but the reality series is just totally fictitious. Yeah, there was even like it was some silly names being thrown around, like rumor names. It was like Meet the Markles, which I thought was really like. Where did this rumor start? It's kind like of rude. Yeah, yeah, it's very weird. Um, but it it is so true that that's what like I don't know if like Netflix. I mean, I'm sure they know this, that that's like really what people want. They're not going to do that, obviously. And they've said and deny that they won't. But a lot of people, I think just this came from people just speculating like, okay, Netflix has coughed up, you know, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars for this deal. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, they have to kind of pay their price in return, you know, pay in a pound of flesh for whatever they're you know, going to do. So does that mean that Netflix is going to really kind of commercialize them in a way that they haven't been before. I just don't think that's... Yeah, how much will, will they be part of the promos for each series or things like that? I'm sure their contract has all these, like, you know, no, in no way will Meghan and Harry be in, in any kind of show that they, you know, cho- have said they don't want to be in, which I would uh, think the first thing would be a reality TV show. There's no way. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure it has all these clauses, stipulations, Completely. things like that. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting that this came this rumor came up yeah so not not true shut it's it down yeah, it's not shut true it down. <laughs> i feel like when i said not not true that didn't make sense it's, <laughs> it's i'm just not saying not it's true it's not, not not true false. there's no reality show <laughs> yeah and then just one final update on megan that just broke is that the courts you know that ties to our episode last week the courts just ruled that the mail on sunday can update their defense to reference excerpts in finding freedom which is kind of Crazy. That's a pretty big deal. But, you know, the the Mail on Sunday claimed that the, that Megan undermined claims to privacy with her lawsuit about them publishing the letter about Thomas Markle, her letter to Thomas, um, by participating in Finding Freedom to put out her own version of events. So, yeah, I think it's it's really interesting because the judge, you know, ruled that the uh, Mail on Sunday could use Finding Freedom. But that they also said, like, this doesn't harm Megan's case at all. And I think her lawyers just have to continue to deny or, you know, pick parts of it that they know aren't factual and kind of pinpoint to the that, you know, evidence that they did not cooperate with the author and they aren't open to, you know, having their private secrets and moments out on the table for everyone to see. So, yeah, um, there is an appeal yeah. in motion, but interesting stuff from Megan's team from Megan's yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the right. judge said that if it's, you know, 
if it's not going to stand on its own, it should quickly fall apart, apart in trial anyway. And that, you know, Megan knows the case she has to meet was one of the quotes. So, And we know already that Omen gave a witness statement, but will he be called to the I stand? Know. I think that that's probably going to happen if the mail on Sunday does decide, you know, this book is part of our, a big part of our case. We think that she cooperated. She told everyone these things and that's precedent for us to release a private letter. Obviously, I'm totally not agreeing with that at all, but that's their, what, that's what they're, where they're coming from. So super interesting. All right. So much Sussex news. So before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. So, Rachel, you want to go first? Okay, mine is a Yours really is such a low. big it's low. So, let's get it out of the way because I, okay. I know I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. But Trump's comments about Harry and Meghan. Ugh. Okay, so after Gross. a reporter, which actually is rumored to be from the Daily Mail. Ugh. I don't know. Did you see, did you see that? But apparently that, tr- that reporter baited Trump at a press conference and said that it, Harry and Meghan openly endorsed Biden during the Time 100 event. They didn't. They did not. Um, But Trump felt the need to respond. And he said, I'm not a fan of hers. And I would say this. And she probably has heard this. I wish a lot of luck to Harry because he's going to need it. I just like I don't even want to talk about it, but I'm it's just so gross. And it's gross for me for two reasons, because a misogyny is real. And I just don't want our president commenting on Harry and Meghan. There is so much going on that I'm just like, why is that? What we're hearing from you on. I mean, I know it's he, apparently, I mean, massive news, but it's just, it's just so gross. I feel like the fact that he deigns to talk about it and has, has also attacked Megan previous yes. times as well is just like, he really has a bone to pick with her and for no reason at all, it seems like. And so it's just like so awful, but I really like laughed because yeah. it's, it's like, how can 2020 get any crate? Like it just, <laughs> I just don't know <laughs> so how we're going to get through. Weird. So weird. Um, my low this week is, you know, we we heard about Queen Elizabeth's finances. The report was released last week. They have a major shortfall in their finances. So, uh, but two sources, um, Harper's and People Magazine, it's between twenty-five and forty million dollars shortfall That's in massive. finances wow. over the next few years. Yeah, it's due to the reduction income from the Royal Collection Trust due to the impact of COVID. Basically, that translates to there's been no tourism, and with no tourism, nobody's paying entrance fees. You know, they're not donating to go see, you know, all of the crown jewels or whatever so the royal collection trust money feeds into the sovereign grant which pays the royals to carry out official duties as well as maintenance of occupied royal residences the sovereign grant can't go down from previous years that's the wild thing so the royals will still receive the same amount of money next year it's just that they won't get i guess all the royal collection trust money and it's a lot of it has to do with Buckingham Palace refurbishments, which have cost them almost, I think it was like half a billion dollars, $500 million to refurbish Buckingham Palace. And it's going to take seven more years. So they wow. really not need to find these savings elsewhere. They've already instituted a recruitment freeze, so they're not hiring anyone else, and a pay freeze, but they haven't done any furloughs. So. Which I thought was good. Ooh. They're trying to really keep everyone on staff, but there's no raises. There's no new hires. So does that mean really the ticket gonna... price to see Princess Beatrice's wedding dress is going to go up? <sighs> it's probably going to go up. Yeah, they're going to have to. I'll pay anything, out. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot more commercial flights. A lot of the travel finances have gotten a lot of news recently. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out in the future. Ooh. But crazy. 
Crazy. Well, my high is something that was sort of, you know, we kind of got a, a little glimpse of it right before recording, but Megan's speech at Fortune's Powerful Women's Summit. Uh, the ticket was a cool $13,000, so wasn't in the podcast budget. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rachel and I were trying to register. We're like, wait a second, this membership's thirteen grand. What? I, yeah. Not not quite happening, but um, but so Megan joined, and there's you know there's an article on Fortune if you want to check it out. Um, talked about the importance of humane tech with Fortune's Ellen McGirt. She said we have got to all put our stock in something that is true, and we need to have reliable media and news sources that are telling us the truth. When you know something is wrong, report it. Talk about it. That was a big part of her message. This was a really big deal. She said, if you look back at anything I've ever said, what ends up being inflammatory is people's interpretation of it. But if you listen to what I actually say, it's not controversial. I really loved that. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, it speaks a lot to the way that the voting comments have been interpreted and, mm-hmm. um, you know, discussed in length in the media. I think that that's kind of where she was going with that. So, And I just want to mention one other quote, which was maybe my highlight of what I read about this speech, but uh, and it ties perfectly with my low. But she she referenced this Georgia O'Keeffe quote that she closed with, and she said, I've already settled it for myself. So flattery and criticism go down the same drain, and I am quite free. So kind of just a good thing to keep in mic mind. Mic drop. For. Yeah, mic yeah. drop. Exactly. I hope there's video soon. Yeah, and uh, there was a few little pictures before we hopped on our Zoom recording to record this episode, and I loved seeing more of the decor. She switched out the flowers in the vase behind her and also had on, you know, a beautiful striped blue and white shirt. There was a blanket ladder behind her in the corner. She was same room, Shout out to same the blanket ladders. The, love the blanket yeah, ladders. That should be my top. high. Just the blanket ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, my high is that we are getting a Downton Abbey movie sequel, and it's going to be soon. I'm so excited. I assume that all fans of this podcast are also fans of Downton Abbey, just like me. So sorry if you're not and don't care. But this movie will start shooting next year, according to Mr. Carson, who is the Grantham family butler. Uh, it's actually played by Jim Carter. That's who revealed it on a talk show. He said he has seen the scripts for the sequel and reminder the first installment ended with lady violet crawley played by the inimitable maggie smith i just can't get over her and this character um she revealed in the end of the first downton abbey movie that she has a fatal diagnosis from the doctor and promises mary that she will continue the legacy of downton so i think that left it wide open for another sequel i was on the red carpet interviewing the stars i forgot of about that oh my god Roberta. <laughs> so it really is i've never been more jealous of your of your one career. of my <laughs> personal passions is downton abbey the show downton abbey the movie Didn't you talk to mr carson i did i did Ugh. and i talked to lady mary and edith and Stop. uh robert lord grantham yeah gosh yeah. oh I can't wait. Just so exciting. What a good note to end on. (laughs) I know. Well, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Here's a recent review from Kelsey ROS325. She said, my friend got me hooked on Royally Obsessed after Finding Freedom came out. She told me I had to listen to the podcast and I haven't stopped since. I look forward to new episodes each week. Not only are Rachel and Roberta's voices the most calming things to listen to, but they match my enthusiasm for the royal family. I find myself responding to what they are talking about because I feel like we are just 
just three friends talking. <laughs> this is so sweet. I feel like this is someone we know. I know. This is so <laughs> kind. No, this is really nice. Thank you, Kelsey. She says, it's currently Friday night and I'm watching the Nat Geo doc being the queen because of this week's episode of the pod. It's the perfect way to end the first week of remote teaching. Oh my gosh. Shout out to you. The doc is amazing. Thank you for the recommendation. Truly, God save the pod. Here, <laughs> here. Here, here. Cheers, Cheers to Kelsey and remote teaching. Yeah. We salute you. And, we applaud and, you guys. Oh my yes, gosh. Seriously. Hardest job. So a reminder to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and subscribe to the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. And until next week, God, God save, save the, pod. the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.